This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by ComicBookClick.com. That's it, people. ComicBookClick.com is the one stop for all things Comic Book Click, our merchandise, our articles, and every single episode of the Major Issues Podcast. Visit ComicBookClick.com and remember, you, yes, you are worthy. Hello, everybody out there in comic book land. My name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don, and if you're listening to this, you can only be here for one reason, and it's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast, brought to you by ComicBookClick.com, and as always, I am never alone. Sir, please introduce yourself. I'm your weirdly detachable shield, Gregory Thomas, a.k.a. GT Rebirth. GT Rebirth is here. Do I do the joke? Do I do the joke? Go for it. I mean, it's 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 on it's on point with this episode. It's been so long. <laughs> oh, it's been so long um, since you've been around. I know you've been doing your own project rebirth, um, but I'm glad to have you here. We are just shy, a couple days shy of the end of February, Black History Month, and we wanted to talk about a character that not only was one of the first. African-American superheroes in mainstream comic books, but will also be the center point of uh, Disney Plus's new series, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, We want to talk about Sam Wilson and Sam Wilson as Captain America. And not only um, is this character in general, Captain America, near and dear to our hearts, but Sam Wilson's Cap was a book that you had been advocating for for some time now, even prior to the announcement that we were going to get this show. Um, what what do you think it was about this story that made you so interested and wanted to cover it? Um, you know, I just, I didn't find myself too often, like, you, you, you find yourself enjoying a lot of comic book stories, but I don't, I didn't find myself feeling a comic book story like i felt this one if uh, you know as often so yeah. like this 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 felt important to talk about because i thought it really it, i think it really hits nerves yeah yeah <laughs> totally um i like, it, it's just it's 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 talking about important things yes it, within the realm of of a fantastical comic book universe it's it's got some deeply rooted um, topics. Right. And because of this being a different Captain America, I think the POV in general is, is vastly different. Like what the things that um, Sam sees and responds to, I don't know if necessarily Steve would, uh, they, they just have differences in philosophy, but for a little bit of background, uh, Sam Thomas Wilson, AKA Falcon um, was a character Introduced by writer, editor Stan Lee and artist Gene Colin in Captain America number 117 in 1969 and was the first African-American superhero, like we said, in mainstream comic books. Uh, Do you have a history with Falcon at all um, with that character? Like prior to uh, Anthony Mackie's turn with him in the MCU, what do you have any memories of that character? Uh, honestly, no. I I remember hearing that he did have a sidekick named Falcon once in a while, but yeah, um, not really. I think I got, yeah, I think I got introduced to him mostly in the film, um, and then kind of in the cartoon series. Okay. Uh, was this Avengers? Avengers Assemble. Okay. Right. Right. 
where he has a completely different role. Uh, is, do, you, do you think that characterization is one people should look out for? Um, I think it's an uh, I think it's an an all right one. It's sort of like like Falcon in that cartoon gets um, casted as sort of like the POV character who's the new guy, right? Okay, and like he's more of a tech whiz. Ah, all right. Um, so you know the character made his debut in the MCU in one of the greatest comic book movies of all time, Captain America: The Winter Soldier, played by Anthony mm. Mackie. Uh, as it stands now, are you a fan of the character in in this portrayal in the MCU? I am, yes. I think, and I think Anthony Mackie's just probably one of the, the funniest, most charismatic guys <laughs> going out there. Yeah, he's having a blast. <laughs> he's having a blast. Yeah, isn't he? Yeah. Um, I, like you, like you, I wasn't very familiar with the uh, character of Falcon, but to be completely honest, you know, um, this is the the trust tree here in the Major Issues podcast. <laughs> I wasn't that much of a Cap fan. I didn't get the guy, right. you know. And so the idea that he had this bird <laughs> uh, sidekick, you know, didn't really <laughs> interest me. And then, like, you go through the litany of, like, patriotic superheroes and their sidekicks. It, it's like these weird, corny, like, Stars and Stripes and Battlestar mm-hmm. and, you know, like, it's these, like, Liberty Bell. And, like, we're just we're just pulling... Mm-hmm. Names out of a hat. Like we put a, we typed in patriotic words in a word search and just started creating <laughs> these characters. Um, and it, it gets hard to, I guess, relate to them in many ways. And it wasn't until Steve Rogers was portrayed in the MCU that I really started to understand that character. Um, and it added a level of depth. And now we're going to look, we're seemingly going to get the same thing with Falcon, uh, which is interesting because he's going to get. Just like um, Wanda Maximoff and everyone's talking about WandaVision, he's going to get more room to play and flesh out this character of Falcon. I actually really liked reading this story because I didn't know he had a brother, you know, <laughs> named Gideon. Yeah. And he was, was a priest and I didn't know uh, where he was born and raised and all that kind of stuff. So I thought all that stuff um, was extremely interesting. It's also interesting that, you know, 1969 is not that long ago, right? That's what, uh, 50... About 51 years? That's, that's, uh, yeah, 51 years ago was when this character was created. So the idea that the first African-American superhero in mainstream comics is only 51 years old, when we're celebrating, you know, a thousand issues of action, a thousand issues of detective, um, showed you what the priority was when it came to these heroes, Mm. which is a, a bit of a shame. But I do think that Sam stands apart from his other counterparts because they they made it a point to make him an equal in the relationship with him and cap and yes. I, and i think by doing that also in the series um it, it's created a tether with those two characters that you need in a lot of ways um but a lot of these events that we're going to get into in this story start off with the death of captain america as we know him um, Civil War was something that you dug a lot more in the comics than you did, uh, uh, or a lot more on screen than you did in the comics, correct? Absolutely. Uh, you want to expand on that a little bit? I, you know, I just think, um, I think the Civil War movie plays the story better, how do we say, down the middle? Uh-huh. Um, I think at no, like, the Civil, Civil War, the comic book, plays it down the middle for a bit. Where everyone kind of has their points, but eventually just rears toward Tony Stark being a complete villain. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, and, and just like making the worst decisions with a lot of other people on his side. But I felt like Civil War not only told a more concise personal story, but like, you know, made it out the other side without either one of them rearing toward any extreme. Getting dirty? Yeah. 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 Um, uh, the, it, our Civil War uh, ended sort of kind of because we figured out that Zemo was the one pulling all the strings. Uh, it's almost an easier, cleaner uh, tie-up <laughs> than how they ended in the comics, which actually, in the comics, uh, and spoiler alert for a, what, 15-year-old comic at this point? <laughs> um, hmm. Cap, uh, what is that called? Um, surrenders. Cap surrenders. Yeah. He sees all of the uh, chaos that has been caused by this civil war, by this superhero registration act, those that are for it and those that are against it. And um, he turns himself in and lets people know who he is. And in the aftermath of civil war, he's taken into a shield in shield custody, but he ends up being assassinated by order of the red skull. Um, Crossbones snipes at him. And then agent Carter, uh, spoiler alert again, who has been brainwashed is the one who gives the killing blow. Um, mm-hmm. So, for the rest of that series, The Death of Captain America, you have Tony Stark and Black Widow hunting for Captain America's murderers. You have Falcon uh, following his own leads to try to find the killer. And then you have Bucky, um, who wants to kill Tony Stark. Uh, <laughs> and, and he's actually the man who takes up the mantle of Captain America. Do you have any opinions about Bucky with the shield? I mean, it looks like something that they might play with also in the series. Um, I'm I'm not surprised they did that. Uh, I I know what does. I don't buy it in the movies as much as in the comic books. Okay. Uh, I think you know comic books just things happen. Right. <laughs> There's right. not a lot of leeway. You know, Hulk destroys uh, an entire city block. Never really comes up again. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This the, and um, Bucky Cap got guns, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, big old ha- handgun right in the front. You know what I'm saying? So he's a little bit different than uh, everybody else there. What's interesting is, um, I actually love, like, right up to this period in Marvel. I feel like these big events, um, actually, if you're aware of them, they lead these the, uh, a clean line of breadcrumbs from one to another. Mm. But then somewhere yeah. around here, it gets really, really, really muddled. So... I read the entirety of the death of Captain America. Um, right. I did not know that that bullet didn't kill Steve, because apparently no. he comes back, right? Um, I mean, yeah, they they do the they do the comeback later. Right, right, much later. Um, and after it's revealed that Steve Rogers didn't die, uh, with the gunshot wounds, he returns to heroics, but has his super soldier serum drained from him in one of his adventures. Uh, yeah. So then he becomes an By old man. The Iron Nail. <laughs> yes, the Iron Nail. So then he becomes, you know, old man Joe Biden cap that we see. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> and he holds a meeting and introduces all the heroes to his replacement, Sam Wilson. On uh, July 16th, 2014, Marvel Comics announced that the mantle of Captain America would be passed on by Rogers, um, you know, who's 90, to his longtime ally, ally the Falcon with the series being relaunched as all-new Captain America. Mm. Uh, were you reading at this time when this happened? I was not. Do you remember uh, this news? I remember. I think I remember hearing that Captain America was a black dude now. I was like, oh, it's Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's his partner. Cool. Right, right. Uh, uh, and it, 
which is one of those things where it's like, uh, things change sometimes. You know, sometimes Superman is red and blue and electric. Mm. Yes, yes, he is. Um, and <laughs> sometimes he wears a little jacket. But sometimes he has a bad mullet. Sometimes he has a mustache. There's all kinds of Superman in the world, so why can't there be all kinds of Captain America? Well, let me tell you why. <laughs> GT. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Marvel. Marvel, Marvel, my marvelous Marvel, make mine Marvel, if you will, uh, got a lot of backlash when they when they try to reboot their a uh, various amount of their characters under the all new, all different branding, which leads us to a larger conversation that we were definitely going to get into uh, and almost forced to get into even beginning this, which is the idea of legacy and diversity in comics. Um, Marvel Vice President David Gabriel inelegantly and inadvertently suggested that the poor sales around 2016-2017 were uh, because readers were disinterested in comic books featuring non-white and female superheroes. Um, In an interview, he was quoted on saying, what we heard was that people didn't want any more diversity. I don't know uh, that that's really true, but that's what we saw in sales. Um, And this rebrand saw like Jane Foster taking over Thor and, you know, Lionheart taking over Iron Man, Amadeus Cho with Hulk, Kamala Khan with Miss Marvel, Kate Bishop with Hawkeye, X-23 with Wolverine, Sam Alexander with Nova and Sam Wilson with Cap, amongst a bunch of other changes uh, that mm-hmm. happened with this. Where do you sit on this? Was this too quick of a change, too much of a change too soon? Are you a fan of some of these uh, different substitution slash upgrades, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, I think well, I think we all know I was a fan of Jane Foster Thor. Right. Um, it, it took me a while to sort of understand what was going on with uh, like, uh, Amadeus Cho, and I didn't, I've never really understood the Hulk anyway. Me, me um, either. <laughs> I'm I'm a bit lost <laughs> on all that still, but yeah. Um, Iron Hawk, Iron Heart was cool with me, but it was it was interesting at a time. Iron Heart happened when I was just getting into comic books. It was like I had just started reading Iron Man, and, and then we moved over. It was like okay, right. It was, so that was kind of an interesting timing wise. Um, the X twenty three book I thought was really good, and I was fine with her having a Wolverine solo book because I, I honestly don't care for Logan as a solo character. I just think Logan as a character has been put through the ringer so often that there's very little mm-hmm. left for him to do. Um, right. And so, yeah, I actually read All New, All Different Wolverine. I liked it. I totally yeah. dug it. Uh, also, Kate Bishop, Hawk- Kate Bishop Hawkeye is a, is a favorite series of mine. I thought that one was great. Yeah. And Miss uh, Marvel is a fan favorite. Miss Marvel, those series of comics, flew yes. off the shelves. Yes. Probably the most successful in human of all time. And people, you know, a, a lot of people point to the beginning of this wave or, you know, when the worm starts to turn is the introduction of Miles Morales in the Ultimate mm-hmm. Universe. Um, his success as a Spider-Man, but, I, you know, not not my Spider-Man or whatever. You, uh, His success mm-hmm. in that role, people think, uh, you know, caused this steamroller of diversity to come in. Um, yeah, I'm a fan. Where do you think it failed? I'm asking um, in general, like, I don't have the answers. <laughs> I'm asking, like, where do you think... Where do you think... Uh, I, think this... I, I think the argument of too much too fast does have something... Yeah, there's some, um, there's some weight there. Yeah, I think there's something to that. Um, especially if, like, 
you took a bunch of characters, like you took, you sort of took them all away at the same time. It's not like they got their own stuff. It was all of these characters and now all of these characters, right? You know, so like there was, like you had to read the same Wilson book if you wanted to get, you know, a, that that glimmer of of old man Rogers. Um, or you had to you had to read Ironheart to get your Stark AI, right? Right. Um, I was I was reading through. You know when they get to secret or uh, yeah, secret empire, and Stark's just there in AI, no explanation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank God I read what I read. You know, yeah. um, what so, like I, I think that was tough on people who just who who wanted their favorite characters, and especially if you're someone who's searching for a book and you just you go to look for Captain America and you pull it out, but it's not what it should be. Right. I also think um, there. There is something to what exactly they did with those, uh, those older, uh, right? Like the like the originals, the OGs, if you yes. will. Because if you look around, like Ironheart became Ironheart because Iron Man was in a coma, correct? Some sort um, of he was dis- disposed in some way, right? Yes, 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 yes. Captain uh, Carol Danvers put him in a coma, right? Um, Kamala Khan, there's no, there's no uh, malfeasance there. Uh, Miss Marvel became Captain Marvel, thus leaving Miss Marvel open. Um, mm-hmm. Wolverine died mm-hmm. for X23. No one knew where um, the original Nova was for some time while Sam Alexander was doing his thing. Thor was deemed unworthy. He drops mm-hmm. his hammer. Cap got his, um, his super soldier serum taken away and then eventually becomes a villain. So G. Willow Wilson, who is the writer for Captain Marvel, uh, she had this to say as to one of the reasons why probably things haven't been going so well. Um, this is a personal opinion, but in my opinion, launching a legacy character by killing off or humiliating the original character sets the legacy character up for failure. Who wants a legacy if the legacy is shitty? <laughs> what do you think about that statement? Uh yeah, I think that I think that's definitely interesting coming from the uh, the the author who had that open door to where like um, to a degree at the time Captain Marvel was still like oh yeah she's alright oh someone else is responsible now okay cool yeah but you know what also though she might have also until after when they destroyed Carol's character right that's what I'm about to say I think that she benefited because Miss Miss Marvel wasn't beloved. In my, in my right. opinion, I don't believe that people were ripping Miss Marvel solo titles off the shelves. You know, maybe more with Captain Marvel, Sally Dude, uh, Sue DeConnick, uh, maybe when she starts ramping up that that moniker. But Miss Marvel as a brand was sort of kind of dead when Kamala Khan came around. Yeah. Unlike a Thor, Iron Man, uh, etc. There. It, it's, it's, it's a time that people poke fun at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should they is what I'm asking, I guess. Um, I, I mean, I, me and you read some of those books and they were kind of, oof. Yeah. 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 Um, do you think DC does legacy better? Um, to a degree. They have I their problems, I'm, right? We have our Wallace problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, like, you know, uh, Harper Road disappeared, you know? Yes. Uh, so, like, I do think that they're good at, at passing down mantles, but, but there is... There is an aversion. People, it, it. I think it's twofold. People obviously don't like change when it comes to these bigger mm-hmm. things that you know these bigger characters who have lasted years. But right. besides not liking change, 
to follow uh, Miss Wilson's, uh, you know, what she was talking about. They don't want to see their, they don't want to be told that they were wrong for liking the original character. Right. You know? And I think that even broadens out. We're going to be talking about a lot of bigger things than, than what, than, you know, guys in tights in this episode. But I feel like that broadens out to the idea of people don't want to feel guilty for being Americans. You understand? <laughs> you know, when we bring up the problems in this country and people are like, well, then you hate America. And it's like, no, whoa, 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 whoa. I love it so much that I want to talk about ways to fix it. Right. You know, it's, I, um, it's, it's, a, it's just a, it's an aggressive defense mechanism. Right. And you can sort of kind of see, right? Like if I was an old school comic fan, if I was a boomer, right? A reactionary boomer. And mm-hmm. I hadn't read comics in years. And I pick up a comic around the Secret Empire uh, event. Not only is my Cap someone I don't recognize, but the guy that I love this Cap, you're saying was always a hard-lined, incredibly conservative, murderous, uh, you know, uh, probably racist. <laughs> probably. <laughs> right. No. And, and they did not respond to that well. Do you remember the Nick Spencer death threats? I do, yes. That was insane. I, absolutely out I, of control. I, I didn't understand it at all. Like, it's a comic book, fellas. Right. Um... And they 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 bought that hook, line, and sinker. I remember initially, it was like the front page of everything, this Hail Hydra stuff. And we'll get into that when we get more into Hydra mm. Cap. But um, I remember they were like, it's not it's not mind control. It's not this. It's not that. But it was like all of it. <laughs> it was like a combination yeah. of all of it at the end. <laughs> and I was like, oh, really? It was a great many. It reminds me of the whole, don't worry, the Arkham Knight is not Jason Todd. Whatever you think. The Arkham Knight is oh not Jason Todd. Don't even worry about it. It ain't. Um, but my boy becomes Cap. What do you think of the suit? I like the suit a lot, actually. Um, yeah. It, it was one of those things where I was like, that's going to be interesting to see if they try to make that like one for one on film. But I, I, right. I, I thought it fit. Yeah. Yeah, I like the... Um, he has way more blue and white than Cap. the OG Cap. Like he has, OG Cap has a lot more red yes. in it. Glad he doesn't have the wings on the side of his head. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, right. I uh, guess to keep his cool goggles, but I do like the very militant look of it. If it looks like armor, it looks like like a military uniform. Mm-hmm. I like the weird, like the digital chest piece. How the lines come in almost at an angle. It looks really, really good. Yeah. Uh, but we end up assembling a team for our boy Falcon because he can't be left all alone. We have his no. a Falcon for him. Joaquin Torres, a Mexican American, a Mexican immigrant who has his DNA mixed with red wings as a result of the experimentation by Dr. Malice. Big pop for Dr. Malice because I remember him from uh, Jessica Jones. I was like, oh, <laughs> there you oh, are. Right, that was yes, that was the wild-haired guy. Yeah, the like the the one that yes. looks like Trump's doctor. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he like he's still up to his experimentation. Some sort of. Uh, some sort of symbiote. There's a whole thing that happens with him. But what do you think of the new Falcon? Or I guess I don't know if he's still the Falcon, but yeah. Yeah. Um. You know, it was like it, I didn't necessarily get into him as a character, but I think as the story goes on, his place in it definitely becomes clearer and clearer. Like it's not so much about um Joaquin Torres and the future of this character as much as it's a a mirror to Sam Wilson. Right. Yeah. And what he's 
dealing with was he's dealing with in his position, which is way too much in my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> way yeah, too much. Obviously get into. What do you think about the the hybrid thing? The fact that he's half bird and stuff. I didn't like the that's eyes; just, they always bugged me that's out. Just weird. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit. Yeah, weird. He, it wasn't it wasn't fun to look at. Did you have an, an aversion to um, drone Red Wing? Not necessarily, but uh, that's also because I guess um, I didn't I didn't necessarily have a particular connection to Bird Red Wing either. Yeah, yeah. And there's no Bird Red Red Wing in the you know in Winter Soldier. Like it's not like he had a pet, you know. So no. the idea that he would just show up with a pet in Civil War seems a bit weird. Yeah, it's like, oh, hey, I have a bird now. What? No. <laughs> I thought, I mean, I had the wings. I thought, it, I thought it would tie the whole thing together. <laughs> it made sense, right? right? Um, we gotta talk Misty Knight. Mm-hmm. Misty, Misty. Listen, if Simone Missick shows up on the, on the show, I'm gonna die. Just about that. <laughs> uh, but Misty's a longtime Marvel Comics character. First appeared in Marvel Premiere number 21, March of 1975. A longtime do-gooder, former member of the NYPD, and a former hero for hire. She enters into a rom- romantic relationship with Sam, but also acts as a confidant and partner in the field. She is a highly skilled martial artist, proficient uh, at hand-to-hand com- uh, combat. She has near-perfect aim, and via her bionic right arm, she has superhuman strength, technopathy, control over magnetism, and can emit strong concussive blasts. That outfit, GT, is one of the most impractical outfits I have ever seen. Man. It felt like something out of Mortal Kombat. She's foxy. She's foxy. I like that they keep the afro. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I dig that they keep the afro. I dig that they keep the attitude. But I just kept looking and I'm like, I have to, I'm going to talk to GT about this because I keep looking at this outfit that's like, her. It, it's out of control <laughs> just when you get a chance. Like it, basically her, her, yeah, her entire middle is just exposed for no reason other than like style. Um, but yeah, it's out of control. What do you think of them as a couple? Could you call them a couple? Um, I'm not sure if you call them a couple, but like, like whatever they were doing was weird. Cause I kept asking like, I, is Misty still with, Wait, wasn't Missy with the Iron Fist? Wait, yeah. isn't Sam with somebody else? Wait, right. No. <laughs> Misty says something about, like, she mentions Iron Fist, but then, like, yada yada's through it. Like, oh, that was the time. Yes. Uh, and doesn't, yeah. doesn't really talk about it there. Um, I really, really like her as a supporting character in this. Um, mm-hmm. I like that when Sam starts to, like, kind of be down the dumps, she kind of kicks him in the rear and tries to remind him mm-hmm. what's important. Um I think as somebody who's been at the ground level for so long, she also sees things differently than most heroes do. And bringing somebody that is an Avenger, you know, and who was in some of the biggest battles of all time, I do think that there's a certain level of out of touch that the Avengers are to the smaller problems that plague society. Like they've ramped up all their targets to galactic, galaxy threatening uh you know beings and they've forgotten some of the smaller um maliciousness that permeates through the marvel universe it feels like but misty knows about that (laughs) if anyone knows about that is that she's very street smart and i i i i dig her inclusion in all this 
it, it, she sort of ser- she serves very well as that like constant reminder that like hey not everything is you know th- uh, th- Thanos and Galactus yeah yeah sometimes it's a bunch of shady businessmen right uh, let's talk about Dennis Dunphy um, who first appeared as Demolition Man in Captain America 328 so he has some ties to Cap in April of 1987 a former pro wrestler and member of the LGBT community, D-Man is a skilled aircraft pilot, excellent in hand-to-hand combat, and has superhuman strength, stamina, and durability. I think D-Man's existence on this team is just like further commentary on like, on like Cap, <laughs> on like uh, what, on like Sam Wilson as Cap. I feel like Sam Wilson mm-hmm. could. I mean, I mean, I feel like Steve Rogers could have got somebody at least in the B. To see level, <laughs> uh, but Cap, but uh, Sam's just happy for the support, regardless, you know. Right. So Sam, Sam's, Sam's got who he's got. Yeah, Sam's got who he's got. Um, uh, not really on the team, but but supporting characters, we have Rage, somebody who I absolutely knew nothing about until I read this comic. Did you have a background with Rage? Same. No, absolutely not. Okay, so Elvin Darrow Holiday uh, mm-hmm. was born in Brooklyn, New York. At age 13, he was exposed to toxic waste after hiding from bullies that attacked him for being in their neighborhood. Returning to his grandmother's home, Elvin was nursed back to help. The chemicals caused Elvin's teenage body to grow into adulthood in a matter of weeks, but also endowed him with superhuman strength, speed, and stamina. Encouraged by his grandmother to to use his newfound abilities for good, Elvin adopted the costume and name Rage. He uh, spent some time as a member of the Avengers and then a member of the New Warriors. Um, I really liked Rage. I really think that that character was well written um, and said some of the mm. things I was thinking at, at certain points. Um, he is a supporting character and a friend to Falcon, but also challenges him and his uh, morality a lot. I thought that was interesting. And uh, last but not least, we have our boy Rick Jones, <laughs> the Whisperer. A side effect of losing his Hulk abilities, Rick briefly gains the ability to learn any task at lightning speed. He uses this ability to become a master hacktivist known as the Whisperer during the Avengers standoff storyline and secretly aids the new Captain America. Uh, but yeah, this is, this is a new supporting cast because we've got a brand new Cap. What do you think are some of the main differences between Steve and Sam in this role? Woof. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, it is kind of worms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Steve, like Steve Rogers, in a sen- in a sense, has all the has all the ability to be quote and and like this is a term they like to say in the book too. Um, above it all. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of it is because like, as long as Steve is just being Steve, there are no real expectations of him. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. This this changes a lot, like after this story, because uh, the same kind of the same kind of notions that are done in this book get done to Cap much later, right. but uh, get get done to Steve Rogers I say much later. But there there's there's no real expectations of Steve Rogers other than to just be, you know, Captain America beating up on the baddies, and yeah. as long as he's doing, as long as Cap is out there. Either fighting off, you know, Batroc Salipa, or, um, you know, walking down Thanos. Right. It's cool. Sam Wilson has 
an entire marginalized group of people expecting him to like speak for them. Right. Right. Because now he now you've got one of your own in in one of the biggest possible stations you could probably get him. Yeah, you're gonna kind of hope that somebody plays for the team. Yeah. Do you think this was all like a parable to uh, Barack Obama taking office? Because there's a bit um, of that there, right? Like there's a bit of like I, I could I could totally see that. Yeah. More expectations there, and and that's what really. I guess what really hurt me, <laughs> I felt a lot of emotions reading this stuff, but what really mm. hurt me is that it felt like no matter what Sam did, a portion of the society felt like they were betrayed. Yes. And that's such a sucky feeling to have, especially when you're trying to do your best by everyone. Um, everyone automatically sees him as the person that will automatically side with them, given his background, his race, stuff like that. And when he has to, every time he takes a stand, it gets people upset. And mm-hmm. what I feel like is one, some of the main differences, like you were saying, you know, Cap gets to be about, above it all. He gets to be idealist. He gets to talk mm-hmm. about what America can be. And I feel like regardless of what his ideals are, Sam has no choice but to live in the America that currently exists. You know, Steve can always yeah, be they, in the progress. Yeah, Steve can always be in the progress of a better future. But Sam can't look to tomorrow. Look at everything that's happening today. You know, and everything that's happened for so long to, like you said, marginalize uh, parts of America. The, the, the pillow <laughs> that Steve Rogers gets to lay his head on at night of ideals of a better um, America is a pillow that too many of us don't even get issued to us. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I think that laying on the concrete for Sam uh, is, is eye-opening for him because he got to sit in the palace with everybody else you know um when yeah now in this role i felt like the stories were what were much smaller because sam chose to make this role much more personal you know he could have at various points people were like just like ignore what's going on right (laughs) like just ignore what's going (laughs) on don't make a stand because if you make a stand it's the quickest way for other people to make a stand against you um and he still chooses to, you know, he still chooses to make mm-hmm. his, uh, I guess his opinions be known and it, do- it doesn't really serve him to do so. But I, no, think, not at all. I do think that one of the things, and he says that at one point, I think during the, the John Walker of it all, but he says like, it, it's just so heavy. All of this is just so heavy. The weight of the shield, the weight of the role, the, all the people looking, looking towards me. And questioning me at all times and constantly reminding me that I'm not Steve Rogers. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's it's disheartening. Uh, As if I didn't know. Right, right. Uh, it's it's extremely disheartening. Um, I no, think... There was a line in there that like, I'm, I'm sorry. No, you go, brother. There was a line in the book in case you like, you don't ever really get to it. Um, that just really struck with me and like hit a chord where... He's a, he he has a, a just a really stern and un, unpleasant back and forth with Steve Rogers, mm-hmm. and he realizes what the big divide between them is and how that relates to uh, Captain America, who gets to have his ideals, and Sam Wilson, whose ideas are constantly used against him. Yes, which is that uh, Steve Rogers gets to stand there and believe that America can be better. Yeah, he believes and he knows, but all Sam could do is hope. 
and that's a that's there's a way different level of confidence <laughs> yeah. in the country with those two with those two stances. Absolutely, like it, there, it, it's it's a completely different world where you can only hope they can, but you constantly see it not. I also think, you know, I I think that America in general, I don't think it's it's controversial to say, it, is having a bit of an identity crisis because we mm-hmm. we created these big lies uh, that tie our culture together that are kind of cookie cutter. The stories sound good, right? We showed up on the boats where all the Native Americans were like, here, take all this land. We don't want it. We'll all go to Arizona, <laughs> you know? And then boats showed up and, and, and black people were like, oh, we'll work for free. We don't care. Like the, the, the stories that are told that literally are the thin, very thin fabric uh, that, that holds all this together, that it's starting to wither. And I think America is fighting with its own identity. If you are from a generation that remembers Steve Rogers or remembers America back then, if you got to partake in a more simpler America because you weren't on the fringes of society, I can totally see you seeing that America as an America that America could get back to. But if you aren't that, if you didn't get to partake in that America, there is no getting back. There is no, there's almost no point on the measuring stick that you can refer to as to a point where you're trying to get back to. It's all brand new. And in continuing to try to change the country, you anger that other side that got to participate in it when it was fun. Yeah. It's like, it's the simplest, it is the simplest fairy tale, not fairy tale story, but like it is the simplest um, dramatic story in the world where it's like Captain America and, and you know, the Americans, beat it off the evilest force in the world known to man. Yep. yep. The Nazis. Yeah. They are, and they're all the Nazis are faceless evil goons. Right? Yeah. <laughs> they, that's why they use the Nazis so often in film because they're they're black and white evil for the most part. That's that's how they're that, portrayed. That, that's, that, that's why the uh, that's why the greatest allegory to the Nazis in even in direct name are the Star Wars stormtroopers. Yeah. Yeah, they are faceless, like you know, replaceable. Um, uh, yeah, uh, force. Yeah. Before we get into some of these other deep ones, I wanted to uh, mention some of the other miscellaneous storylines and arcs, so we didn't forget. Uh, we got the return mm-hmm. of Cap Wolf. Uh, that was a thing. But that that made me think about something, and it, I think it's something that Sam <laughs> says later on in the Hydra thing, where it's like. I feel like this was done to appease people. Like, <laughs> they're, they're, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm about, you know, like I said, I could be completely wrong in my on my perspective of this. But this feels mm-hmm. like to me, there are more people okay with the fact that Captain America is a wolf than a black man. Is there <laughs> is there a possibility that that's the case? Oh, uh, I mean, I guess, I guess it's only for like two issues, right? <laughs> it, it, I mean, it's for like three because he meets with the Viper okay. Lady member. Like he's he's yeah. the wolf for a while. He's just the wolf. They don't question it. <laughs> there's no, there's no, you know. Eventually, it all, uh, it all dwindles down. But he's the wolf for a very long time. Um, and Misty has a good time just making fun of him. Yeah, yeah. She has a lot of good jokes. It's the best time of her life. She has a lot. She has a, a whole lot of good jokes. Um, so we got to talk about Avengers standoff, which happens right in the middle of this. Um, mm-hmm. it's a storyline in which shield is using bits of the cosmic cube, 
uh, or a bit of a cosmic cube that is sentient in the form of a little girl to rewrite the minds of villains to have them think that they were never villains and create an idealistic uh, town called Pleasant Hill where all the former villains, now with their minds wiped, can just uh, live their lives without having to resort back to crime. Um, But Baron Zemo ends up having a plot to... uh, rewrite the minds of these <laughs> villains so they can remember who they are, create a riot, and then kill the Avengers. Um, in doing all of this, uh, Kobik, the bit of the sentient cosmic cube, ends up getting Cap back to fighting form. Uh, ends up getting Cap back to uh, young Cap. And if you're reading Sam Wilson's Captain America and then get into this, it's a lot to take in, in my opinion, because you are... You're reading a story where the narrative is people don't want Sam as Cap. Mm-hmm. So when you get this picture-perfect moment of young Cap back, I was almost a little disgusted. I was almost a little like... <laughs> the biggest grin on his face. It's like what? It's like what? Issue 8? Or something? Mm-hmm. Like Sam is Cap for a couple weeks at this yeah. point? And Steve Rogers is back. He's back. Better than ever. Younger than ever. Everything's great, and like not not only that, but if you read both books, like he's also on the Avengers, and it's like right, Ugh. right. He just takes his spot back again. Um, how do you feel about about the return of Steve Rogers? Obviously, it's it's a way bigger thing when we get into the Hydra cap of it all. But yes. just simply from the perspective of Sam, how did you think about the return of Steve Rogers as a young Captain America? Um, that that's that's tough. I I imagine like you. Especially if you were starting to get your groove, and it's just like, like, oh, Steve's back, and you're happy for Steve, but at the same time, it's like, wait, so what does this mean? Do I just go, right? Do I just go back? What? What are we doing here? And and like, like people perceive of Superman, I do think that Steve Rogers is is, is incredibly, you know, um, what's that called? Uh, like, I don't want to say goody two shoes, but like almost mm-hmm. an impossible person to um, try to live up to. You know? Yeah, it, it is it a it is an aspiration that is almost that can almost can only exist in literature, right? And um, it's one of those things where before, if they were yelling about you know not my cap, not my cap, he can say, well, there is no other cap, all <laughs> right? So y'all got to deal with this. It is what it is. Uh, but now with another cap on the board, we um, it, it, it makes things infinitely more harder for Sam. Um, uh, you want to talk about them watching pro wrestling? I figure, <laughs> I figure we should talk about that for a little that bit. Was, that was the, that was one of the more interesting, like, left hand turns I'd ever seen. Um, yeah, they, they decided they're going to go watch a pro wrestling match and bless Nick Spencer. Apparently he is not the, he is not exactly the simplest fan. Right, right. Yes. So, um, our good buddy falcon who is quite the big wrestling fan just starts nerding off to sam wilson about all the different um uh pro wrestling features he watches yeah um instantly instantly dating the comic by mentioning lucha underground right right but the fact that those other companies got mentions i think says a lot for where wrestling was at that time yes you know um in the background uh is a picture of a blonde roman reigns (laughs) <laughs> which 
That is what the first thing I saw before they started naming the companies. In the background, it looks like they just took one of the WWE Live uh, posters and just changed some colors on some people, including making the person in the middle, Roman Reigns, blonde, which, oh, love that. We get a talk of, like, heels and baby faces. We get a talk of, like, you know, go out there and make them look good. I was going to do the heel turn. I was very surprised by the... um the accuracy at some point when it came to the uh, professional wrestling. And that's also when I found out, not that it's a big deal, but that's also when I found out that D-Man was gay. I didn't know. Did they mention right. something prior to that? I don't think they did. And, like, I had never heard of the character before, so it's just like, this is all coming at the same time. Right. And he had, like, his Seamus wig, which was <laughs> which was kind of kind of cool. Um. But yeah, that was a that was a fun little aside. There's there's a couple of one one issue book uh, stories that are fun little asides to the to the depression that is <laughs> being an unwanted Captain America. Um, <laughs> let's get into uh, Civil War two. But really, the only thing to talk about is that James Rhodes funeral. Um, Cap mm-hmm. has a big speech there. But more importantly, how did you feel about the um, the secret meeting? Of African American characters in this in this story, that was interesting. Um, Tatala comes all the way from his throne. Yes, yeah. This is this is this was important. Um, you got Luke Cage there. You know, I I think what I got the most out of that scene is that um, it reminds me of it reminds me of a moment. To sort of trail off here, oddly, it reminds me of, <laughs> of one of those moments uh, from Batman Beyond, where where Bruce mentions that he he knows the difference in a situation because he doesn't refer to himself as Bruce; he refers to himself as Batman. Okay. And you see here that when uh, when Sam Wilson is reluctant and doesn't understand why he's the guy to make the speech is because he still hasn't fully like copped to the idea that he is, you know, the captain America. Yeah. He, there's a lot of imposter syndrome going on with Sam. Yeah. You know, and he's like the most important black man in history right now. (laughs) Right. What do you mean? You don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And at one point he goes to like quit and uh, Misty's like, you can't, what do you, do you not know who you are? Like you, you don't get to, and it's such a um, like I said, it's such a strange. Which is bookended with a great, which is bookended with a great line by Misty, which is like, "You are not pretty enough to be this dumb." Oh yes, yeah, I love all her, all her little asides. They're they're fantastic. Um, yeah, I, that 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 secret meeting almost leads to like a a deeper solidarity between those minority characters. That makes me smile a bit, just a little bit, because. Not to go on an aside here, but they are dealing with a little bit more than everybody else. You know, um, I like to see, I, I was happy to see Monica Rambo there. You know, the fresh yes. off of Wandavision, that's pretty cool. Um, first, did, first time seeing Monica Rambo, where I actually had a voice for her. Yes, yes, and uh, we got Doctor Voodoo there, who I thought was an all new, all different uh, creation, but he starts in two thousand nine, or he becomes Sorcerer Supreme, all the way in two thousand nine. So considerable uh, amount of time before before the big change. Um, I like Jericho. Is it Jericho Drum? I think is his name. 
It's pretty badass. I think thing. so. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the slug and his LMD porn ring. <laughs> oh, sure. That was a thing. This reminds me of the episode of Futurama where Lucy Liu, um, Fry gets a Lucy Liu robot that he can um, oh, do things with. And then he eventually what meets shows? Futurama. Oh, oh, oh dear. Yeah. Yes, Fu- okay. Futurama, uh, Fry gets on the internet and he finds out that he can get a uh, robot that looks like Lucy Liu, but is programmed to love him. And so he mm. gets it and he's in love with it. He's like addicted to this robot. And they eventually meet Lucy Liu and she says like, oh, I didn't give any of my permission for any of this. Like you're actually like, if you care anything about me, you're hurting me by doing this. Um, yeah. And so there's a lot of that there. Apparently there's this big fat uh, ridiculous man who has his own like floating <laughs> like chair. <laughs> he has like a MODOK-esque uh, floating chair. and But also kind of looks like arcade. Yes, yes. And he has like before these, he gets to be arcade. He has these life model decoys that he is uh, designing to look like heroes and villains, with the idea mm-hmm. that he would sell off some of these robots to, uh, you know, people who want to do things to them. And also, uh, when those when he does sell them off, he will instruct them to make sex tapes. Which he would then use to blackmail and extort money from them. So it's a whole thing. Uh, but wow, what's scum? Um, and it's actually Misty who takes him down, which is pretty cool. Yes. I really, really They, they have a lot of fun with um, having other characters pick up the shield for like a moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I. Oh, matter of fact, we can get to there there because now it's time to talk about some of the bigger enemies and the themes. Uh, one of the ones that surrounds this entire book that I was a fan of was this idea of whether or not social media is reality, right? Hmm. Um, we we see the people, the public, which I believe are is I I believe that it's comic book fans personified as the public of Marvel, like the people. Mm-hmm. So all they're complaining is like the complaining of readers. <laughs> all the like blaming and and all that stuff is that um we, every issue starts off with like a like a twitter page about like volume 3 yeah yeah and you can see um people writing in cap a uh, cap sam has his own like hashtag about like you know blow the whistle or something like that like you know contact him for the, some of the the smaller issues there and even when he first becomes captain america he decides he's going to do a press conference um, and, you know, kind of tell people where he stands on stuff. But we live in such a politically divided world that both both sides just took his message and twisted it to fit their narratives. Right. Um, what do you think about this the insertion of, of, of social media hashtags and, and stuff like that? You know, I think what bothers me more coming out of it is that um, there were the issues where you get to see those t- Twitter feeds and they they throw, like, the occasional, you know, uh, nobody in them, right? Because it's it's the like there's there's characters you know because like Joaquin gets tweets, Misty Knight gets tweets, Dennis Dunphy gets a few funny ones. Yeah, yes he does. And then, and then even Misty, remember Misty you know, was like, well, all that stuff about Pleasant Hill. Wait, uh, I I don't think I'm supposed to be talking about Pleasant Hill. <laughs> Scratch all that. <laughs> Wait, what happened? Nothing. Yeah, that I, was I'm hilarious. Um, and. 
but but then you occasionally get you get the tweets you talk about, which are, um, you know, just random people spouting whatever their opinion or thoughts are, which is whatever. What bothers me more are the tweets where you get, um, oh, the New York Bulletin. Some say politically active Sam Wilson has done more to divide America. <laughs> right. Oh. By the way. <laughs> And it's like like that. That's the sort of the way we, that gets me because that to me that's that's systemic. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's, it's everything. It's it's, it's everything. Something. Yeah, I remember uh, at one point Barack Obama wore a tan suit, and it was the it was the oh, talk God. of the town. Remember? Yeah. What does this suit mean? Does this is he a weaker president? <laughs> and it was like what? <laughs> what? They're just pulling. Uh, things out of out of thin air, and I think that I actually got a bit sad because this is the most blatant, in my opinion, it's been done in my happy place, right? Mm-hmm. Comics is my happy place, but if they're not commenting on social um, situations, then they, in my opinion, they lose their effectiveness as you know, yeah. as as cautionary tales. So I just I don't know if I was just ready to get so much of what's going on today back to back but yeah that social media stuff and we'll get to like the 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 real hashtags and 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 the rush limbaugh of it all um oh. i almost could you believe right there in that moment i almost said rest in peace yeah. <laughs> anyway <laughs> that's enough of that uh we got uh we got the sons of the serpent which i feel i feel like is a commentary on organizations like the proud boys or any anti-immigration you know suit that are actively going out there on the trails of um I guess like Arizona, Mexico and the neighboring uh states and kidnapping, you know, migrants and experimenting on them with the idea that no one would miss them, you know, and they shouldn't have been trying to come over here in the first place. Um Right. That was a bit much. <laughs> I think that was a that was a it, bit much. It, it was. It was. Um Oh, and that... they say, like I think at one point, um Sam's like, they're just a bunch of rednecks. Like they're not they're not anyone of note. They don't have any secret, you know, plan or anything like that. They're just a bunch of angry no. nationalist rednecks. They're, they're, they're just the local yokels in Halloween costumes. But sometimes that's all. That's all that they that it takes, right? Like to to start well, a movement yeah. to, to to foster hate. Um, sometimes it's all right there. Serpent solutions. Yeah, like if you just, if are you you don't need you don't need too many sparks to start a fire. No, and we what what's bad is that we didn't realize how much gasoline Sam Wilson being capped was going to be. You know, no, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone expected everything to flip out the way that it did. Um, but you also got Serpent Solutions, which you know, you, it, villains who use the free market and business strategies to achieve their malicious ends. And I feel like this is also a commentary on big business. Um, mm-hmm. And their little dirty dealings in the world. We, we talk about you know feeling defeatist. What was more defeatist than not being able to arrest all the big businessmen because of the the chain reaction? Yeah, that that one was that one was tough. Like, yeah, uh, it's it, it's so true. And he like he tries to create this sort of like, um, how do you say? Uh, uh, honesty by via paranoia system for yeah. it, but he knows it won't work. Right, and he's like, "I'll I'll, I'll arrest one of you, and the and the rest of you, I'm I'll be back." <laughs> but they, this idea, they tell him like they're literally too big to fail. Even though they they have their hands in all this craziness, they employ a lot of people. 
they make a lot of people mm-hmm. money on the stock market by toppling some of these big businesses doing bad things you could cause a dramatic decline in the economy you can cause hundreds upon thousands of people to lose their jobs and their like their lives um and yeah. and he knows you know, it, 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 it's it's sort of be like this like it it's sort of be like um um, the, the sort of discovering like, oh, like Disney's up to some really shady stuff. Okay, yeah, but if you destroy Disney, then the several subsidiaries they own, yep, all just crumble. All the people that they hire, all the you, you know, know the e- charitable ESPN, things they do, no money there, gone. Um, yeah, but like, like you said, Sam knows. Sam knows what like that this this is not something he can do, and even worse. He knows that they would not, that the people would take any opportunity to turn on him. So he does mm. something like this, that's all they need. And seeing my heroes have to almost be in bed with the weird twisted loopholes of the world made me feel bad. Mm. <laughs> it did, but I think it was meant to. I think it was meant to. Um, so we had a commentary on Proud Boys and immigration and anti-immigration. We had a commentary on big business and, you know, companies too big to fail. What about the commentary on Edward Snowden and the NSA with uh, the saga of the Whisperer? Mm. Um, how do you feel about the divide caused by this whistleblower, the Whisperer, who basically hacks into all of S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff and releases it out into the world? Um we end up finding out eventually that it's Rick Jones, like we said earlier, and he aids Captain America. But this was a true blue divide between him and um, Steve Rogers. Yeah, that one's tough um, because you know, I, I, on some level, you you kind of have to. You're kind of asked that question to be like, do you do you side with the law against something you don't believe in, even though. Like Steve's been on that side and he's he's sided against it. Yeah. Yeah. It it's a really tough conversation to have because it's gone both ways for both of them. Right. And I it it's almost like what happened with Civil War Two where Iron Man's like, Oh, I cannot afford to be on the bad side of this. Like I already yeah. did my I already made my bad choice. I cannot make another bad choice publicly. So I'm mm-hmm. gonna side with who I can can with this and uh capsides with Shield. Been working with Shield for years. You know, was kind of Shield number one enemy during Civil War, but he ends up working alongside Shield to try to stop the Whisperer. But um, Falcon actually, uh, Sam is able to get him away, and then eventually he is unmasked, quote unquote, as uh, Rick Jones. But I thought that was incredibly mm-hmm. interesting. Um, things like the Patriot Act were signed after 9/11 uh, and gave the government a lot of surveillance over people here, um, and it's weird because some people feel more protected with the surveillance and others feel less. Uh, there's that old saying, I think, uh, by some old uh, white man who said something along the lines of <laughs> those who uh, those who trade in freedom for security deserve neither and will get none or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what that's what you have here. Like. You have are you privy to the whole Snowden of it all? Have you seen? Some of that stuff. I've I've seen I've seen bits and pieces. Like I I, I understand that he was like, uh, like a, a, a something of a whistleblower, and he was like he was behind the WikiLeaks sort of stuff. Right. right. So he comes yeah. out on video, and he's like, "Yeah, they they check your phones. 
Like they check your phone lines, they check your phones, they check your texts, they check your cameras. All kinds of apps have all sorts of permissions that you probably aren't privy to because you're just clicking away. They check your mm-hmm. your credit information. You know, you're being surveilled at all times, basically. And yeah. I remember when the news first came out, everybody was like, <gasps> for like a second, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, for a second. And then they we just all went back to doing what we do, you know, um, and the government has had a hard on on trying to arrest him. And he's been going from country to country, uh, very much like Rick Jones trying to elude uh, his captors. So I thought it was interesting to touch on something like that. Um we talk about freedoms and and is privacy one of those freedoms that is inherent? Is that something that we're supposed to get, or is that something that we are supposed to trade in for um, for security? And even mm-hmm. though uh, Sam is against this, you know, against locking up um, the whisperer for the NSA stuff, he eventually comes mm-hmm. up with his own kind of sort of NSA, right? Because he gets that. That surgery that allows him to uh, telepathically connect to any bird in, in, I guess, the vicinity and see they they become his eyes and ears, you know? And at one point that gets um, introduced to the public, the idea that he's doing this and people flip out, you know, like, what do Mm -hmm. you think you're doing? (laughs) You know, all these birds are now, you have a surveillance camera on every corner. Where do you Mm -hmm. sit on this whole thing? Do you like cameras? Fan of cameras? Do cameras make people honest? Um, <laughs> uh, I don't. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I actually know. I that's 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 a lie because they obviously don't. Right. Um, because there's cameras on every person now, and like we can't. You know, things constantly get caught, right? Yeah. And you don't um, even have to get caught. You do. Some people are out in themselves, like uh, Miss Carano. <laughs> Right, <laughs> like yeah. you're just you're just you know, doing it yourself, All right. or or the 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 people who rioted at the Capitol, hundred um, percent, yeah, the uh, the the sons of the serpent that went out there and yeah, and got all crazy, got all drunk, <laughs> and got all crazy <laughs> up there, you know, and broke down the walls um, of Jericho, if you will. Joe Cheese, um, yeah, they uh they they did all that, you know, and police get caught on camera all the time, like nobody's really acting any better because there's a camera on every human every six inches but yeah uh i don't i i don't know i don't know if you make that trade-in obviously the idea is it makes it easier for some people but it makes it easier for some people to do a lot of things yeah and i also think it goes hand in hand with like i said the differences between sam wilson and steve rogers in the sense that can they take that chance can can the government take the chance by choosing Mm -hmm. not to surveil every citizen you kind of land yourself into the batman of it all right there might be a one percent mm. chance that somebody out there is doing something wrong well the way to make sure yeah. is to surveil everyone at all times um the way uh but to choose to not to is to give humanity a chance or or you know i guess the rope to hang themselves with and mm. i think that sam can't take that chance lives are in the balance where steve can uh. be idealistic and say, well, maybe, just, well, just maybe, you know, just maybe. But, but it also ends up being that sort of like um, that cyclical question of like, okay, but then who's watching the watchers? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows that what they're doing with this information is all good? 
because it goes from well we're we're checking you know your purchases for like manure and fertilizer and pl- uh, plutonium to right. we're selling your history of purchases to an ad agency and mm-hmm. they're going to they're going to uh suggest the best glasses and gaming chairs and whatever to buy so yeah. it's it all everything starts off pretty pretty uh by the books and it left unchecked these things can run rampant and this is something that falcon knows at a small scale right just being a black man in america right. um so the idea that yeah that they would do something like this is is a bit ridiculous um we got to talk about harry hauser he is the political Ooh. provocateur and the leader of the uh, Give Back the Shield, which later evolved into the Take Back the Shield movement. A um, little close to home, huh? What do you think about Harry Hauser? Oh, God. It's, it's every freaking... Um, you, you mentioned Rush Limbaugh earlier. I, I, don't, I don't know who I'm thinking of, but I... I Tommy it's Lauren? every face. <laughs> uh, Alex Jones? Well, you know what? That's, yeah, that's a good one. I'm, I'm thinking of just every... Uh, of white white haired round faced man you see on Fox News who Sean Hannity about. Hey that's a good one. That's one. Right. And it's just like it's like, you know, they 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 have something to say about their daddy's America and it's just like really <laughs> good God. Yeah. They have they have a and and people matter of fact, yeah. Um they have a possession of America that I feel like minorities don't because for mm-hmm. the most part, we've always been told that we kind of aren't supposed to be here. Um, yeah. And so like, I, I think it was rage at one point. He was just talking about how there's certain people who in this world that don't get to do what other people get to do. And having Hauser sit there, like it, it's bad enough. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's some parallels to Obama with this. It's bad enough that you have somebody for the first time, trying to do this uh incredibly hard and and incredibly high pressured job um it's it's hard as it is and then it's hard on top of that that this is a minority in a world where not everybody thinks fondly of minorities but on top of all that you have somebody who takes everything that you do spins it around and then just uses it to ignite this this simmering fire uh from your detractors and Mm -hmm. It, it's maddening. I felt so bad for Sam at so many various points because everything he did was taken as a political move. You know, mm-hmm. e- everything he did was was standing up for somebody and thus sitting down for somebody else. He says that line, right? Uh, something along the lines of, um, as soon as you stand for somebody, as soon as you stand for something, somebody's going to come and tell you to sit down. Yes. Um, and I think he, he deals with that. I think that Cap, other Cap, besides not having to deal with social media, like you said, got to rise above all that stuff. Nothing's expected of him. No one's hitting him up going, hey, you need to fix this. This is your responsibility. Um, he's mm-hmm. kind of just... like and almost, also because almost, of that vaunted hero status, because of the past, that like, he is sort of beyond approach. Yeah, he did He did the World War II thing. So yeah. we never have to... We don't. He doesn't owe us anything. He saved America... Mm. Damn near 100 years ago. <laughs> and so he's good on that. Mm. Meanwhile, Cap, I guess you need to do this, you need to do that. There's a lot of that narrative of, of you know, minorities needing to work twice as hard. 
um, in this. To get half as much. Exactly. And we see that, and it doesn't help. Like, again, when Harry is doing his best to uproot everything that Sam is doing. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it's not just a political provocateur that can do something like this. Sometimes you have members in the actual government, like Thomas Harold, who was a very vocal um, anti-supporter of Sam Wilson. And Harold is in the pocket of big business. He's in the pocket of Paul Keene and Keene Industries, who are a part of the AmeriCops movement that the Senate approves of, which is obviously a commentary on police brutality and accountability. We got to talk about the AmeriCops. First of all, I found out that this was an originally like just a villain, one man, um, but they ended up... Oh, the, the, the one AmeriCop? Yeah, there was one AmeriCop prior to, all of, prior to this story being written. Um, and he is the inspiration for the the Americops. Um, mm-hmm. What a terrifying visual, right? Seriously. I look at those cops and I'm like, man, I would never like the idea of an expressionless, um, le- le- like ma- team of the law. I don't even want to say man, even though I think all the Americops mm-hmm. we saw were men. <laughs> that's a whole other yeah. that's a whole other commentary right there, huh? <laughs> but that, that's it. That, if only because they, they, they're given that statue to be sort of large and hulking and there's a masculinity to it all. Yes, yes. And they have these mirror masks uh, that show no expression. You're literally seeing yourself while you're getting attacked by these men. And they have been criticized for their hardline stances and mostly for racial profiling. And there's mm-hmm. there was a whole, um, a whole insidious plot to like buy land, put the cops in it, have the cops discourage the minorities by just constantly, you know, hounding them and have them move, thus making the property values go up in the town. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. What do you think about this take on police brutality and accountability with the introduction of the AmeriCops? Um, They get Uh, way worse when it comes to rage, which we'll get into. But um, just their their standing in this, and I guess also the government's quick uh, approval of of such a program. <laughs> what does that say? Yeah, the, the, like the book got hard to read at that point, and especially you know um, when you introduce not only uh, the Americops, but every action, every every legitimate action Sam Wilson takes gets a TV spin. Hmm. Yeah. You know. Um, or rather, like, it gets spun by the pundits. You know, uh, they, the cat, like, Sam gets in the way of something, and he, he, he even spells it, like, he even spells it right out when there is a situation with Elvin and the Americops, and he's just like, I already see the two covers now. Yeah. That was very, that was heartbreaking as well. Because you can't win. Mm-hmm. You just can't win. No. It's either Captain America fights cops, or... Cops brutalize Captain America and the world falls apart. Right. Right. And he gets put in this position, you know, before we get to uh, Rage actually getting arrested, we have a situation where Rage, being, you know, a minority in the five boroughs, he feels like these cops are going too far and feels like he needs to stand up for his people and for his neighborhood. And he calls upon Cap to do the same, Sam Wilson as Cap, but Cap stands for more now. He stands for all of America, mm-hmm. and he's scared to take a stance. But I believe he kind of gets roped into it because do, don't one of them hit him? <laughs> I think one of the cops hits uh, him, and then he has to. Uh, 
I believe so. He has to he has to choose what he does with that. Um, he has to take a stand. Uh, a stance. What do you think about Rage calling him out like he did? Some uncomfortable uh, truths about tough. living on both sides. Yeah, it, it is tough because um, you know that Sam wants to. Sam wants to hope that the that the play down the middle he that like his play down the middle actually lands down the middle. Yeah, yeah. and it's almost impossible. Right. It's like that. It's like that game. Remember where you had to throw the ball and move the table so that it goes into the the maze. Ah, like, uh, yes, yes. It's like no matter where he puts the ball, they just they flip those tables over. He doesn't have any mm-hmm. control of anything that he does once it's in the ether. Once people have yeah. caught on to it and can attach a hashtag to it and can attach a movement to it. Um, and it's 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 discouraging, especially with the last four years that we dealt with. <laughs> um, yeah, so like every, everyone's sort of pushing. The, the push is so hard for uh, Sam Wilson to be the guy who aggressively pushes against this force. But that aggression is only making his situation worse. Right. Yeah. And um, it, like I said, regardless of what you do, some side is betrayed. Remember all the outcries of the quote unquote good cops during the Black Lives Matter movement that they felt betrayed mm-hmm. by their citizens who wanted to say something about uh, those who are taking this a little bit too seriously or taking it, you know, a little bit more hardline than they're supposed to be to their fellow man. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. we're not anti cops. But you got to see what we're seeing as well. And, yeah. you know, Rage is not anti-Sam Wilson as Cap. But you got to come down here and see what we're dealing with. You can't talk like you know what's going on. And that's something that I think uh, U.S. agent tells him, right? Like, you think you know what's going on, but you don't. Um, yeah. And th- it, I could never. Not in, that, not in that amount of public eye. Like, everything getting mm-hmm. criticized. Everything getting twisted. Uh, to become something else, never knowing where your land, where your feet are gonna land, when it comes to a certain situation, having people you don't necessarily agree with think that you're on their side because you happen to at one point agree with one thing maybe that they were talking about, mm-hmm. you know, all that it's it's, it's terrible. Um, we also get the uh, appearance of U.S. agent, U.S. agent John Walker, who's going to be showing up in Falcon and the Winter Soldier in about two or three weeks. Um, and he brings in this story, he brings in with him this idea of who gets to say what America is because he is Mm -hmm. there effectively to take the shield from America. He had been brought in by, you know, the Paul Keens and the Thomas Harolds of the world to do this. But I, you know, when we first see us agent, he had like killed a bunch of people overseas. (laughs) So you you get it off the rip that this is a captain America that does not care about um because this guy was a former captain america a captain america who doesn't yes. care about um you know the body count so long as we get what we need to get done done which mm-hmm. which then explains that he's like almost the other side of the extreme where steve rogers is all the way on the left side dealing with you know idealism and what america mm-hmm. can be you have u.s agent who has no qualms about what he knows america is uh, and you know the people that are ruining it. I feel like Sam is right in the middle there. He mm-hmm. obviously can't. He doesn't get to be, um, you know, an entitled megalomaniac because that's a white man's job, right? 
so he can't. <laughs> he, he doesn't white get man's to, luxury. Yeah, yeah, white man's luxury. Uh, he doesn't get to do that, but he also can't live in the idealistic world that Cap lives in because that's a world that didn't welcome him un- until about mm-hmm. a couple years ago. Still, kind of doesn't welcome him. Still, kind of. Uh, the two things I want to talk about when it comes to the introduction of U.S. agent. The first thing I want to talk about is what I, the moment I believe that Sam starts to relish in violence. Do you remember this? Mm. Where he brings. Yeah, he, yeah you, want, you, can, you can explain it. Yeah, he, he, there's just the, the, you get the images of those two having the fight and, and Sam traps him into a situation where he's distinctly got the advantage. And he, and he notes very clearly that like. Okay, now I'm enjoying this. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's it it's twofold. One, like you know, obviously, I think I think there's something about U.S. Agent where Sam takes a, a joy in what he's doing, but there's also um an attempt at catharsis. Yeah, he's a personification, right? Of everyone who told him yeah. he can't be Cap, everyone who told him he needs to put the shield down, everyone who didn't believe in yeah. him, um, and also there's for the first time, it's the first time there's something about yeah. that that um, resistance that he can punch, right? And the first time that he, as Cap and as a minority, are above, are above the yeah. oppressor, and yes. people often say that give when given that chance, you'll you'll quickly see <laughs> who's who right and yeah it i i feel for sam but that also made me sad as well because i know what he was feeling in that moment it's the same thing i feel mm. when i get stopped and frisked right yeah it's like i'm not doing nothing wrong all i'm trying to do is live my normal life and because of how i look which was an absolute spin of the dice or throw the dice. And because of, you know, what my nationality is, which, again, I had no hand in picking, mm-hmm. I get treated differently. And I want to believe that the American dream has space for me, just like everybody else. But I'm almost constantly reminded that I belong in a different sec- section, different sector. Um, do do mm-hmm. you ever struggle with those feelings? Um, a lot. I, I I always found it to be very nerve wracking. Um, to always like wonder like what kind of day this is gonna be. Yes. Uh, yeah. Especially when like I I live near precincts. I know. So like, there's always something of a heavy number. Yeah. Goodbye. Um. It's always uncomfortable knowing that like. There is nothing you can really do to come out on top of the situation. Right. The power's not in your hands. You know. You can't fight back because that just makes you look worse. Right. And and any submission of sort is just being taken advantage of. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um the other thing we gotta talk about is Steve's double cross, man. Probably one of the like this and the and the ultimatum one, I'm mm-hmm. like, damn, this is a cold mother. <laughs> and he's just a cold mother effer, man. This Hydra cap, because after the events of um, Avengers standoff, when Steve comes back as young, um, we what we're not told through this story, but we find up finding out through the Steve Rogers Captain America story and the uh, Secret Empire crossover story. 
the Captain America that came back, the young Captain America, has had his history rewritten by the Cosmic Cube and Red Skull to believe that he had always been a member of HYDRA, a fierce, uh, you know, loyal soldier in its war. And this is the beginning of him. Well, there's a lot of it, but this is like blatant um, manipulation of events so that he can eventually take over the entire world. Um, and it starts by having a severe lack of confidence in Sam. And the thing is, up until he had gotten rejuvenated and had been young, the old Sam, the old Cap was 100% you know, behind Sam in the sense that he believed in him as Captain America. So to have this new uh-huh. Cap smile in his face and you know, stab him in the back, that also hurt. <laughs> it's a lot of pain. Yeah. There's a lot of pain in here. But how do you feel about um, what we eventually see? U.S. agent says, no, I, I'm not doing it. If Cap says uh, Sam is Cap, then Sam is Cap. And I'm out of here. He walks out and he actually sees Captain America, Hydra Cap. And Hydra Cap's like, yeah, I kind of need you to take care of that Sam Wilson problem. I would do it. But being a white man, you know, if I told him to take back his yeah. shield, looks bad. But you can go ahead and, you know, you can do it. Um, just don't tell him we had this conversation. <laughs> Were you surprised by that? Had you known already the kind of stuff Hydra Cap was up to? What did you think of that uh, betrayal there? I mean, I knew, I, I definitely knew he was Hydra Cap after that. But, like, it was interesting to see him sort of come out of this, come at it as just like, like, listen, there's, there's reasons I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And we both know those reasons. Right. A, it's gonna it's gonna look real bad for me and it's gonna and if it looks bad for me it looks bad for the country yeah you had a bunch of situations where people just said like and you know why <laughs> right there's a lot of like mm-hmm. they don't like you as fa- captain america and you know why you know they won't say uh some of the horrible things people are thinking but everyone is aware that they are thinking them mm-hmm. one of those people was a guy named flag smasher uh, who's working for Ultimatum. And uh, he has a plan to free the world. Flag Smasher attempts to coerce the two Captain Americas, Steve Rogers and Sam Wilson, into joining him before arming both of the explosives and data bombs. I like the data bombs idea, to be honest. I was like, that's pretty cool. Uh, the data bombs will leak the NSA's surveillance data, decrypt America's nuclear launch codes, and erase the country's electronic banking sanctions and its no-flight list. Uh, pretty pretty badass as far as like anarchists go right you know um the digital bombs and three of the physical ones are disarmed by rick jones but smag flag smasher and his minions escape after sam wilson fails to stop them uh he goes and throws his shield he misses and flag smasher shoots Harold. that also broke my heart that's yeah. very in keeping with some of the the more gritty uh, media that I take in, it's like, yes, it can happen just that fast. One misstep, the whole mission is over. Life is gone. How do you feel about Sam Wilson missing that, um, missing that shot? And then the eventual uh, reveal that Flag Smasher was just an LMD used by Captain America so that we could make sure that, oh boy, uh, what's his face? Uh, Harold dies. Yeah, that was that was real tough. Just because, like, if you don't know what's happening, you're just sort of like left to to sit and muck in the failure. Yeah, there's a lot and, of that, right? And that failure, <laughs> yeah, 
and that failure is meant that failure is meant to stay with you through the book especially if especially if, once again if you only read this book like it's it's almost meant to stay with you and, and almost see um question if you um you know lose start to lose faith in sam wilson yeah yeah it's heartbreaking because it's one again it's one thing to you know have your out and out hatred before he's done anything you know the guy's working his hardest he's trying his best but again to have people in the shadows sabotaging him it's such a heartbreaking thing and it's it's heartbreaking in the sense of being a minority as well because there are organizations uh-huh. and there are people that sabotage and um it makes it makes the uphill climb feel infinite and that can get exhausting speaking of exhausting we got to talk about the last what i think the last big story is uh i don't know if you wanted to get into post captain america cuz he doesn't really when I'm in post Captain America, I mean in this run, because there's like two issues where he's not Cap. He's just um, yeah. Falcon helping out people in the secret uh, empire. But I think this is the last big um, story, the arrest of Rage. So uh, Rage uh, encounters Man Mountain Marco. I think that's Man Mountain Rock, Man Ro- Rock <laughs> <laughs> reference. <laughs> and Speed De- Demon, who were robbing a pawn shop. After a brief fight, the villains escape and Rage is arrested by the AmeriCops. When Captain America offers him professional help, Rage turns it down, preferring to have him prove his innocence. Um, seeing, like, well, Sam does that by releasing footage of the AmeriCops beating him. That was also hard to watch. I've seen it too many times. I've seen it on the cover of too many newspapers. It happens all the time and yet never enough, apparently, because I'm always being told. That it doesn't happen enough, or it's it, that the amount of times it does happen is not a cause for alarm. I guess is what I should say. Right. Um, how uncomfortable was it for you this uh, whole storyline between the Americops Rage and and Sam Wilson? Uh, I, I it was it's it's really tough because I think like I think I was really get around the time a lot of these things were happening. Yeah. So like the poignancy of it just kind of grips you by the freaking throat yeah and it's again so grim and bleak right yeah like that just the image of him face down on the ground when they stand over him is really tough yeah yeah um judge you're sort of reminded by like how young rage actually is yeah yeah you're right that gets brought up as well that rage and tomas are the same age or around Mm -hmm. the same age um, Judge David Roderick deems the footage inadmissible because he had been surveilling people without their their knowledge, um, and says yeah. like, not only is this inadmissible, but you better never bring this up, or we're gonna have to have a big talk about what you're doing. Uh-huh. Um, in order to get better proof of Rage's innocence, Sam later caught Speed Demon, uh, where he confessed to his and Man Mountain Marco's robbery of the pawn shop. But then when he gets over there, Missy's like, they already. It's over. They're, he's already, they already called him guilty. The census has been oh. rendered. Again, defeated. <laughs> uh, such, a, such, a, such a terrible feeling. Rage is then beaten up in a penitentiary, in the penitentiary's Z-block, by the superpowered prisoners, which he previously apprehended. Uh, he was taken to the hospital, and when visiting him, Sam is told by Claire Temple, uh, who is drawn suspiciously like um, 
Rosario <laughs> Dawson, <laughs> that rage will not survive due to the extensive brain damage he sustained. The whole event causes Sam to uh, to lose faith in America, and he abandons the Captain America mantle in a tearful uh, video message. That's a lot, bro. <laughs> like, even now, just thinking about it, he's like, you know, I know people who are going to say that I, I'm quitting, but I'm not. I just can't stand for what this is supposed to stand for anymore. Mm-hmm. And I remember that. It was only... It was about a year ago we were dealing with the, the riots, um, you know, uh, with the whole death of George Floyd. And yes. and everything just being so heightened and, and everyone just yelling at the top of their lungs and, and bodies in the street and all of that. And, and everyone just trying to rip apart each other's um, movements and, and, and create so these lies and dissension. I forgot. I kind of forgot about it. That's how we live here. It's like a school shooting, you know. Every so often, you are reminded about the the dregs and the terribleness that this country can be. But then you get back into commercialism and kind of sort of forget about it. Reading this reminded me of that. Reminded me of all that. We also see a a a, a moment in which a child is emboldened by the death of rage and dresses up like him, and oh. throws Molotov cocktails. You know, I remember that anger. I remember how palpable it was. I remember that tension in in this city and in cities across this country um, dealing with that kind of stuff. And this is years away from that. You know, this is just dealing- sort of like that, that little kid was also sort of a dark mirror to me because it like it very much reminded me of um, a little kid, yeah. a patriot who dresses up like Captain America. Yeah. Yeah. And initially, yeah, he, he's he starts his rage. Um, or Little Rage, uh, Rager, and eventually through the speech of Captain America, who he says, you know, like, just because I'm I'm backing down from this mantle doesn't mean that you kids should give up, you know? And in that rousing speech, he actually does cause this kid to become Patriot instead of continuing life as Rage or Rage Jr. or whatever he was going to be, which leads to him, you know, dropping the, dropping the mantle, uh, leaving Misty a very tearful note about how he would, he would be doing so. And um, he eventually goes like into hiding. Uh, the events of Secret Empire take place where Cap is taking over the world and Falcon starts to, as Falcon, help escort people out of the border. Um, but then eventually, through a conversation with Mi- uh, Misty and that young patriot decides to don the... Um, the Captain America suit one more time, regardless of everything mm-hmm. that he had been through and how many people didn't believe in him at the time. And uh, then the events of Secret Empire unfold. Young young patriotic Cap is brought back. Uh, Hydra Cap is put in jail. And Falcon is like, I'm just going to be Falcon for now on. Uh, sunrise, mm-hmm. sunset on the whole Sam Wilson Falcon thing. But after reading it and doing a reread for this, what has the story taught you, if anything? How did you feel after it was over? Uh, hurt. <laughs> hurt? Yeah. Uh, and, and to a degree, almost like, I, um, I, I, uh, there was, there was, a, there was some sort of, there was some anger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I can't, I can't help to say that, like, I came out of the end of this book a little angry. Yeah. Because it's, it's all that, it's also like, 
not just heartbreaking, but it's it's infuriating to see like what that character goes through. Because like on some level, as minorities, like it's almost like we're all going through it. Yes. Yeah. Um, I actually didn't know what the story taught me until this conversation with you. And okay. I, I, I figured it out, what, what I got from this story. And it is that taking the high road is incredibly exhausting. Mm. I think that's the biggest thing I got from this is that Sam has always tried to take the high road. Whereas everything that Steve yeah. does is deemed the high road after the fact, right? <laughs> doesn't matter. Right. He made the right choice. <laughs> Sam is trying to do his best to take the high road at all points. And no matter what, he is still drugged down. It's a reminder sometimes that you try to be your best. And sometimes you are just how people view you, regardless of what you are, what you're made of, what you've done. People get to make up their mind about you through a first impression just by looking at you. And if they have an aversion to your skin color, your features of, of your race, your religion, they get to make up their mind about you. And it's up to you to never, never play in the mud with what they view you as. But that inability to fight back is exhausting. Uh-huh. It's so freaking exhausting. But uh, that puts a pin in that. What elements of this, if any, do you think we might see or that you would want to see in the upcoming Falcon and Winter Soldier uh, show? Um, I definitely want to see a lot of the, uh, I want to see a lot of the implementation, uh, the implementation of the social media, um, backlash against Cap. Yeah. Okay. Anthony Mackie could have a blast with that, right? And- <laughs> right. Oh, totally, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd love to see the social media backlash against Sam Wilson, uh, as the guy. Um, wh- while it's clear that they're not particularly having Sam straight up like hold the mantle the entire time it is it is definitely clear that like they know it was given to him yeah yeah i i think in general the burden you know the burden of that shield how you can never get things right I, i i really want that to be explored um when you when you come into a situation like this and how the people the expectations people have of you not only the people who are familiar with this this moniker or mantle but the people of your own race who who believe that you have them in your best interest at all times above everyone else you know uh that's not true yeah. across the border and, and and how does that work does bucky see an an aversion to that um i think it would be uh, pretty interesting when all said and done and the smoke clears do you think sam will be our permanent or resident mcu captain america I think he will. Yeah. Uh-huh. Maybe he gets a, a fairer shake in this universe than the other. <laughs> Maybe he will. I hope so. Um, it's it's tough. I don't I, I don't expect there to be like more Captain America movies, and and where the, the direction of that goes is is totally up in the air. But yeah. you know, I think there will be more. I think he will end up being Captain America by the end. Yeah. I think the only the only shortcoming of the character in the MCU is that we only really had that like we only really had Civil War and um Winter Soldier as them teaming up, right? I mean, they did some stuff in um, in that interim time uh where Infinity War took place. But we didn't really get to see them build that bond. I mean, they I I don't I don't question that they're close. 
you know? But I feel right. like there could have been a, li- a little bit more there. But maybe that the lack of closeness makes the cap thing even bigger, right? Like, more larger than life. Uh, I believe so. You know? Yeah. Um, because n- he's not necessarily trying to be the man. He's trying to be the mantle. And the mantle is so much bigger okay. than the man uh, is in there. Do you think we will see Steve Rogers in this season of Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so either. What is it? No, I don't <laughs> think I will. <laughs> <laughs> um, does U.S. agent make it out of life? Um, I'll say yes. Yeah. I never considered he wouldn't. I don't know. I, I guess they do like to kill their villains, but I don't think so. I don't think I, he'll die, no. Unless he's going to do the whole uh, Hydro Caps Boy Prime, I'm in prison and better not ever let me out. Wink, wink. Uh, but, we'll, but we'll see that. <laughs> I'm just happy we're getting Sock Face Zemo. Finally. Yeah, that seems to be a popular thing. Put on that sock and that furry jacket, you crazy son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> You're a great actor. But no one wants to see that. Put the put the put the sock on. Grab the sword. He better have the sword, man. <laughs> Just a random uh, man that, walking that around with a, a sword. For the sock, but who, who knows? Absolutely hilarious. I'm I'm about done. Is there is there anything on the tip of your tongue regarding this uh, run or this character? Um, not necessarily. I hope they find a way to like keep Sam Wilson. You know, just um. In the spotlight in comic books, yeah, but, uh, it's a tough gig because it's just no one really wants to read the Falcon. What's what I find extremely odd is we just got uh, DC Future State, right? And it seems like they are transitioning to give a lot of those mantles over. The idea that they would revert Captain America back to Steve Rogers, like how much more do we? How much more can we do with that character? You know, I almost feel like. Yeah. I almost feel like the 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 synergy might have screwed up some progress because sometimes this is sometimes it's about like it not working for a bit until it does right like mm-hmm. having faith to see it through. But when it comes to people's money, sometimes they ain't got that faith. As soon as the sales start tanking up, we're going back to what we remember, going back to what we know sells. Absolutely. But you never have to worry about us doing that because we don't sell anything on the Major Issues Podcast. We do it all for free. Uh, I'm not saying we can't be bought. I'm just saying get in the DMs and let me know what your price is. Um, I'm also saying that every single episode of the Major Issues Podcast, including this one, our 170th, uh, is available at comicbookclick.com. Not only uh, is that available there, but all of our merchandise is available there as well. And every episode of the Major Issues Podcast, including some articles written by members of the Click like GT himself and some um, about information so you can know some members of the Click. But thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Major Issues Podcast. Besides comicbookclick.com, the one stop for the actual podcast, you can find this podcast wherever podcasts are found. That's Podbean Stitcher, The Podcast Addict, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, any app that downloads podcasts, you can go to Google, type in Major Issues Podcast. It will be the first ones to pop up. We're always talking about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. We also want to hear from you. We're at Major Issues CBC on uh, Twitter. 
We're at Facebook.com slash ComicBookClick, Instagram at ComicBookClick, and we use that hashtag ComicBookClick to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to all of comic books and comic book media. Reach out. Next week, we are covering WandaVision. I know a lot of you are going to have some things to say, so get in and get in while we're good. We're, we're, we're getting a little Marvel-tastic for a bit, doing the Sam Wilson cap. We got MCU uh, um, stuff with WandaVision. We'll be covering House of M after that. And then... Snyderverse, fun, fun, fun. You don't want to miss any of that, and you gonna want your voice to be heard. So yeah, go on all that social media, get to us, tell us what you think about some of these episodes, uh, and rate and review us on iTunes. It's the quickest way for us to grow as podcasters and find out what you like and what you don't. Um, I've been to the future where we do become the latest and greatest thing to come to comic books and comic book media, but I can't tell you how we do it. Uh, it has to do with uh, Dimension Z, which is you don't want to, we don't want to get it. it's a whole thing. You know, oh, boy. right, right, G. You don't want, you don't want to get into any of that. So, uh, no, no, you don't. No, you don't. You don't. You don't. So go ahead and uh, keep listening, keep following, keep supporting us. We opened a whole nother avenue for support, ladies and gentlemen. If you go to Patreon.com/slash CBC Clubhouse for as little as three dollars a month, a dime a day, you become a CBC Patreon, which means that you get exclusive content that nobody else gets. Only paid customers behind the paywall get things like CBC commentaries where me and a member of the clique will sit down, watch a movie, record a commentary track so you can act like you're sitting with members of the clique watching alongside some of your favorite movies. Most recently, as we are recording this on Zack Snyder's birthday, we have released our Man of Steel commentary track, which I think should be a package deal with the episode me and you did episode 50 of uh, the major issues podcast where we talk <laughs> about whether or not the DCEU has a man of steel problem but yeah go there for oh. as little as three dollars a day uh no not even a day three dollars a month as little as three dollars a month uh you get access to this exclusive content and you support independent content creators like us who love doing this um and could use a little bit of your support but, yeah, thank you guys so much for all that you guys have been doing. You're rating and reviewing. You're telling a friend to tell a friend. We're coming in close to the five-year anniversary of Comic Book Click, the um, you know uh, the parent company of the Major Issues Podcast. So there will be some new surprises. And, and we got something extremely special for the end of this month. Uh, a little bit of March Madness, if you will, the details of which will be explained on all of our social media. So, like I said, don't forget to hit up all that there. If they want to reach you, GT, how could they do so? Um, uh, if you want them to reach you, GT. I pulled <laughs> myself off social media these days. Okay, that's fine. Uh, but you know what the easiest way you can reach GT? Email comic book click. Comment on any hey. comment on any of the episodes of the Major Issues podcast that he's on, and we can get down to the nitty gritty of what you guys want to talk about because this is an open forum. When we started this, we were all comic book newbies. We're three years in the game now, 170 uh, episodes in the tank, over 340 hours of content. So continue the journey with us. It's been great every step of the way, and uh, I can't wait for next week. But oh. I guess my computer can't either. But this. Ah. <laughs> oh, but my name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. I'm Gregory Thomas, a.k.a. G2 Rebirth. And this has been our Sam Wilson Captain America 
retrospective. And remember, whether or not you feel downtrodden because of the skin that you're in, whether you believe in the shield and believe in a greater America, or whether you're some kind of half bird, half man. (laughs) Uh, uh, Remember wrestling's cool. Remember uh, to take back the shield. And remember to cut the check. Because you, (laughs) (laughs) yes, you are worthy. (laughs) 